98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Vicky Wong. The headlines. Ocean Park announces the death of its giant panda, On On. The Health Secretary, Lo Chung Mao, says the government and its expert advisers will provide information about COVID in a unified way. And in sport, China's Feng Bin wins a world championship gold in the women's discus. Ocean Park's giant panda, On On, has been put down. On On, who was gifted to Hong Kong by the central government in 1999, had been unwell for more than two weeks. He was 35 years old, which is around 105 years old in human terms. This tourist from Malaysia says she was shocked to hear of the panda's death. It's just shocking because um, originally Malaysia had pandas as well, but they sent back to China. So I was expecting a living panda for me to see, at least. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, quite shocking. I see a board saying "Tote an an on on," but I feel bad for him. Ms Chan is a regular visitor to the theme park for the for the past 4 years she has been coming 3 times a week to see on on. I will miss him. I will miss everything about An An. For example his look, the way he moves and his cute face when he eats. On On was born in Sichuan in 1986 and was the world's longest living male giant panda under human care. The health secretary, Lo Chung Mao, says the government and its expert advisers will take a unified approach on information about COVID to prevent any confusion about Hong Kong's pandemic strategy. He was responding to a question at a LegCo meeting about Hong Kong University professor Yun Kwok Yong's suggestion that the SAR should aim to achieve natural immunity against COVID and relax its social distancing measures. Professor Lowe said the government had already told its expert advisers that Hong Kong should not solely follow theories and strategies used in other places when tackling the pandemic. The Equal Opportunities Commission says one of its key roles is to mediate two sides of a conflict and it has successfully mediated the majority of cases it handled in the past year. Its executive director, Ferret Chu, made the comment after a secondary school student said a complaint had been lodged to challenge a school policy against long hair for male students. Mr Chu says he couldn't comment on individual cases, but the commission considers a wide range of factors such as legal requirements, social values and customs. In the UK, Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak have made it to the final round of the Conservative Party leadership election. They now face the final hurdle ahead of becoming the next Prime Minister and winning the vote among some 160,000 party members. Conservative MPs culled nine candidates over five rounds of voting. The former finance minister, Mr Sunak, was the favourite with Tory MPs winning 137 votes in the final round to Ms Truss's 113. Mr Sunak was confident he would win at the next general election. The question now for our members is, who is the best person to defeat Keir Starmer and the Labour Party at the next election? I believe I'm the only candidate who can do that. And my values are also those of our members. And I've got the experience and the vision to translate those values into a government that delivers for the British people and ensures that this is the best country to live, work and raise a family anywhere in the world. But bookmakers have Foreign Secretary Liz Truss as favourite for overall victory, with early indications suggesting she has the bigger backing among the membership that will make the ultimate decision. Ms Truss came third in several rounds of voting before leapfrogging to second above Penny Mordaunt. Ms Truss said she was delighted. 
What's important is that we hit the ground running. We've got two years until a likely next general election. And I want to deliver for people. I want to deliver lower taxes. I want to help struggling families. I want to make sure that we unleash all the potential and talent across Britain. And that has been my focus throughout this campaign. And that's what I'm going to be campaigning on over the next six weeks. In the meantime, Boris Johnson made his final appearance as Prime Minister in Parliament. This was his parting shot. And yes, uh, the, the, the last few years have been the greatest privilege of, of my life. And it's true that I, I helped to get the biggest Tory majority for 40 years and a, a huge realignment in UK politics, Mr Speaker. We've transformed our democracy and restored our national independence, as my right honourable friend says. We've helped, I've helped to get this country through a pandemic and helped save another country from barbarism. And frankly, that's enough to be going on with. Mission largely accomplished. For now, I want to thank you, uh, Mr Speaker. I want to thank all the wonderful staff of the House of Commons. I want to thank all my friends and colleagues. I want to thank my right friend uh, opposite, Mr Speaker. Uh, I want to thank everybody here and hasta la vista, baby. Thank you. The embattled Italian Prime Minister Mario Draghi has won a confidence motion in the Senate, but three parties from his coalition boycotted the vote, leaving him with little option but to resign. The BBC's Mark Lowen reports. The titan technocrat, appointed last year to lead a national unity government through recovery from the pandemic and a vast programme of reforms, has been widely popular. 2,000 mayors, business leaders and unionists across the country publicly pleaded with him to continue. But Italy's fractious political parties refused to heed his demand to work together, boycotting a confidence vote. He now looks likely to resign today after another parliamentary debate. That could prompt snap elections, which polls suggest might usher in a far-right prime minister in this, the EU's third largest economy. Sri Lanka's new president, Renil Wickremesinghe, has called for unity to tackle the huge challenges facing the island. After comfortably beating his nearest rival in a parliamentary vote, Mr Wickremesinghe predicted his election would mean an end to divisions in Sri Lanka. The economy of the country today is in a very difficult place. Young men and women are asking for a change in the system. There are many problems in the world, and we must proceed without getting caught up in them. To go forward, we need to come up with a new programme. What the people are asking of us is not the old politics. The parliament must unite in the face of these issues. President Biden has unveiled new executive steps to address climate change, which he described as an existential threat to the nation and the world. $2.3 billion will go to expanding flood control, shoring up utilities, retrofitting buildings and helping low-income families pay for heating and cooling costs. Mr Biden said there was an urgent need to act. As president, I have a responsibility to act with urgency and resolve when our nation faces clear and present danger. And that's what climate change is about. It is literally, not figuratively, a clear and present danger. The health of our citizens and our communities is literally at stake. Mr Biden has been under pressure to declare a climate emergency, which would release funds to ramp up production of a wide range of renewable energy products and systems. 
The United States and allies have agreed to provide Ukraine with another eight HIMARS advanced rocket systems to hold the advance of Russian troops. America's top general, Mark Miley, said this would bring the number of such systems Ukraine has to 20. The weapons, with their range and accuracy, have bolstered Ukraine's performance on the front line. Haemophilia B is a genetic and potentially life-threatening disorder that makes it harder for bleeding wounds to clot. There are treatments, including frequent injections, but doctors in Britain say a new discovery has effectively cured the condition. Here's the BBC's James Gallagher. When you cut yourself, your blood clots to stop the bleeding. A protein called factor IX is a vital part of that process, but it's almost completely missing in people with haemophilia B. So doctors at the Royal Free Hospital and University College London taught people how to make it. They used gene therapy to give them a fresh set of instructions for making factor IX. It worked in 9 out of 10 volunteers who've not needed any clotting medication since. One told me they grew up needing injections every other day, but now felt completely normal. This is the latest in a flurry of advances in freeing people of haemophilia. The doctors involved described the impact as transformational and said patients were functionally cured. They expect gene therapy will become widely available in the next one to three years. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 20,615. That's 273 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $48 billion. In currencies, the US dollar is trading at 138.24 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 2 cents. The pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 40 cents. To sports and China's Feng Bin has thrown a personal best of 69.12 metres to win a gold medal in the discus at the World Athletics Championships in Eugene, Oregon. Croatia's Sandra Perkovic, a two-time Olympic champion and also a two-time world gold medalist, claimed silver. American Valerie Ullman, who won Olympic gold at the Tokyo Games, took bronze. Novak Djokovic is to Mr. US Open because of his stance on vaccines. Earlier this year, the Wimbledon champion missed the Australian Open after being deported for breaching the country's immigration rules on vaccination. Here's the BBC's Andy Barwell. Well, Novak Djokovic won't be allowed to play in the US Open tennis starting at the end of next month due to his refusal to receive the COVID-19 vaccine. The US Open organisers have said that they will respect their government's rules on non-citizens being fully vaccinated in order to enter the, cr- the country, and that would rule out Djokovic. Hong Kong have won a second medal at the World Fencing Championships in Cairo. Chang Ka Long took bronze in the men's individual foil to give the SAR its best ever result in the event. The world number one faced Tommaso Marini in the semi-finals and it finished 15-12 to for the third-ranked Italian who went on to win silver. The Frenchman Enzo Lefort took gold. Hong Kong have two bronzes at this year's World Championships so far. Vivian Kong reached the podium in the women's epee on Sunday. Next to football, and England are through to the semi-finals at the Women's Euro. Georgia Stanway, another screamer! And England, for the first time in this match, take the lead against Spain. And Georgia Stanway scored some stunners. She scored some big goals for clubbing country. She won't have scored many bigger than that. England 2, Spain 1. That was how it finished. England became the first team to reach the semi-finals with the come-from-behind 2-1 win over Spain. Georgia Stanway scored the game winner in extra time. England will face Belgium or Sweden. 
golf and Henrik Stenson has been removed as Europe's Ryder Cup captain for next year's contest against the United States in Italy. The announcement came just a few hours before Stenson confirmed he was the latest high-profile player to join the Saudi-backed Live Golf Series. Last year's captain, Podrick Harrington, will have a say on Stenson's replacement. Due process will take place and we'll, we'll make sure we, uh, we get a new captain installed. Reasonably soon, but there's no urgency. We've got, you know, 15 months is loads of time for the next captain. There's no, no, no particular rush on it. Stenson is the latest player with a strong history in the Ryder Cup to join Live Golf. The BBC's Ian Carter says there must be questions about the viability of the Ryder Cup. There is a succession of potential and the people who effectively were nailed on to be future Ryder Cup captains. Sergio Garcia, Graham McDowell, Lee Westwood, Ian Poulter, now Henrik Stenson as well. We know that the American players have been resigning from the PGA Tour because they have joined up with the Live Tour. They've been indefinitely suspended there as well. So it does beg very serious questions about the future of the Ryder Cup and how under strength the match might be in Italy next year. And where does this stop? It feels like there's this list of defectors, for want of a better phrase, continues to grow. There is widespread speculation that the Masters winner a year ago, Hideki Matsuyama, who's the biggest name in Asian golf, is uh, being lined up with a massive deal. Uh, there are plenty of other names that have been banded around, and among them the Open champion Cameron Smith, who did little to dispel rumours surrounding him being signed up after, in his news conference after winning the Open at St Andrews only last Sunday. However, I'd be surprised if he moved before the end of the PGA Tour season and the President's Cup, which is the rest of the world, not Europe, up against the United States. In cycling, defending champion Tadej Pogacar took stage 17 of the Tour de France. He crossed the line just ahead of the overall leader, Jonas Vingegaard, whose advantage now is down to 2 minutes 18 seconds. The BBC's Matt Warwick reports. The day didn't start well for Pogacar, beginning the stage without another two domestiques, lost to illness and injury, leaving his team severely depleted. Britain's Geraint Thomas in third still has a full quota of Ineos Grenadiers with him, but that'll be scant comfort after he fell nearly five minutes behind Vingago overall. So it's down to two, and Pogacar's celebration on the line in Peragud suggests he feels well and truly back to his best form. Unfortunately for him, Vingago was about three inches behind and looking just strong. If he is after the Pyrenees' toughest test to Hortacam on stage 18, then the race should go right to the wire. And now the weather. It will be fine, very hot in the afternoon, light to moderate south to southeasterly winds. The outlook, it will be fine in the next few days. Temperatures can reach 35 degrees in the urban areas and a few degrees higher in the new territories. Very hot weather will persist next week. Right now it's 33 degrees, humidity at 66% and the very hot weather warning is in force. The news from RTHK. Thanks very much, Vicky. Good afternoon to you. Uh, yes, James Ross back in for Noreen for one more day. I don't know why you think that you could help me when you couldn't get by by yourself. And I don't know who would ever want to tell the scene of someone's dream. Baby, it's fine. You said that we should just be friends while well, I came up with that line. And I'm sure that it's for the best. If you ever change your mind, don't hold your breath Cause you may not believe 
It's hot enough, isn't it? 33 degrees, very hot weather warning is in force right now. Michael Bublé kicking us off. Yes, Noreen out for another day. And James Ross here uh, through until 3. And after 1.30, we'll be hearing about the current problem of so many abandoned animals uh, caused by uh, people leaving Hong Kong and the huge costs of transportation of pets. I'll be joined by Narelle Pamuk, uh, the founder of Sai Kung Stray Friends, and also Steve Phoebe, senior consultant from Ferndale uh, Kennels and Cattery, and they'll be talking about the problem and perhaps what could be done. After 2.30 on the 123 show, Andrew Dambina brings you this week's Artsing Around. And today, a look at the upcoming Affordable Arts Fair here in Hong Kong and Art Basel uh, announcing a pop-up event for its first foray in Paris. Andrew Dambina, after 2.30, and we'll be talking about... The Abandoned Animals after 1.30. It's the 1-2-3 show with James Ross through until 3.